G'day punters, welcome to the mailbag for the first week of June. Myself, Pete Anthonis, will be joined by Drew Patchell shortly to talk everything that happened at Caulfield, and it was good to see the captain, Jack Dickens, return to Mounting Yard Mail. First meeting post-baby, and he returned with a plum, scoring a few nice-priced winners. Drew Patchell will then be joined by Rob Scarry to review Rose Hill, including... What happened with Rob and Hush Rider? I know I had a good collect. I'm not sure Rob's necessarily over that race just yet. But we'll review the races with the clarity of the punting form data. As always, we're powered by punting form. We bet with Betfair and we're hydrated by GOAT. This seasonal transition period, four guys who enjoy looking at horses and punting on horses band together to give you mail on horses live from wherever their families allow them to record Drew Patchell In 1972 a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit Pete Anthonis These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground Rob Scurry Today still wanted by the government they survive as soldiers of fortune and Jack Dickens If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. This is The Mailbag. get into it. Crawfield, what would you make of the meeting? What do you think of the track? What do you think of the punting? Uh, the punting was quite interesting. Um, look, Dicko's had a good win on the day. I'd just first off give him a big rap for under pressure, lack of sleep, and he's delivered for the punters, so well done. I think it was a really tricky day. Um, we went into the meeting expecting that the rail may be not the place to be, but geez, it was just a lane inside four metres, just was the superior ground. They'd verdi drain the outside so you couldn't go superior wide and it just felt like it was really hard for them to make up ground four plus wide for the whole day and it was kind of a trend throughout. Oh, I've got to love that verdi draining. Uh, if you can get onto that intel before the meeting starts and you know that something's been verdi drained, oh, it's, you just know something's going to happen as a result. Exactly. So it was really one of those days where you saw the first two races and you said, well, there's a... There's a pattern here, and you've got a bet to it. Yep. Well, the first race over the 1,200 metres, we had the astrologist jump straight to the front, didn't it, from gate three, and old mate Dwayne Dunn just sat on it, and uh, there it was, $10 to start the day. Yeah, um, top two in runny, first two home, igniting sat behind them, and Wilmot Pass, I think, was probably um, sitting in the 1-1. One, one. Uh, they've gone 3.3 lengths slow to the 600, and you know, they haven't come home overly fast. It's uh, 1.5 lengths below benchmark for this class. The astrologist was good. It kind of looked beaten off uh, with 200 metres to go, and then it's kicked back. It's probably been in the superior ground. Uh, can't be done been a fine run, but just, you know, found one too good. Wilmont Pass from my, so Dicko wasn't here for the first race, so there was no Mounting Yard Mail. From my eye, I would say Wilmont Pass ran its race in the yard. So if you liked it, I wouldn't be dropping off. Brazen Brando had the perfect position and run. It's run horribly, which if you listen to the YouTube show and you get Nick's sheets, 
you would know that it trialled severely poor. So it was a basically the lay of the day. Okay. Very good indeed. Nico Noonan always doing a good job for us here on the mailbag. Race two, 2,000 metres. And old mate Dogmatic backed up after that win at uh, Ballarat Cruising, and there it was again. Uh, this was just a strange, sensational effort from Dogmatic because... When you go back through its punting form data, what it did last start at Ballarat to get us a win, it had previously run significantly better than that. But what it's done here, first time 2,000 metres, it has improved on its personal best by 10 lengths. It started at the at the start of the race and finished off. So it's just a terrific win. Uh, they have gone fast here, three and a half lengths fast in the class benchmark to the 600. And, yeah, you are just watching Dogmatic, who was the on-top pick from Jack Dickens in the yard, and Tysonic was second top pick, so he had the exactor in order. Um, it just never looked like losing. It was a dominant win, and, geez, this horse is flying. Um, outside of that, American Paris got too far back. It was decent. Racing Paradise came home okay. It was one of the, the horses on the day, which I looked at, was in the no-go zone, and it seemed to the eye to finish off better than what the... Results say, so it's probably one of the few I can forgive on the day. Race three was over the 1440, and Captain Jack Dickens uh, picked out Asgard Massif and uh, had a decent crack from the yard and followed in. Good to have uh, the boy back, and obviously the horse has dominated this race. Yeah, look, they haven't gone overly fast here again, and that's kind of what it mapped. So they've gone 1.7 lengths slow to the 600, and it's just had to, you know, with 51 kilos, just be the best horse in the race. I'm pretty sick at myself here, Petey. I went into the preview show thinking this is better the day, had it as value last week, and I kind of talked myself out of it. And even with the bias, I didn't go overly hard with my own personal betting. So Jack's nailed it. I've screwed myself. Um, of the others, Ligulate had every chance, was just poor. Uh, Despacito was okay. Persuader was good, but... Once again, this is kind of a bit of the day. A lot of horses going to no-go zone. Hypnos had every chance. 60 kilos was hard, but, yeah. A lot of runs that you can probably just forgive, maybe, uh, going forward. It's a lot. There's, sorry, a little to take out of these races. Uh, Race four, and by now you sort of had an idea of what the pattern was doing, and obviously Silent Roar, drawn three, done bit of support sort of started to tick all the boxes didn't it and then it jumped straight to the front ran along at a good tempo and yeah again another dominant winner yeah this horse has run a career personal best by about five lengths here um it's gone to the front led them around nearly eight lengths fast in the class benchmark to the 600 and he's just had it under a grip while everything was off its feet yeah it, it didn't really get through the line well late but he was still the best closing 200 meters of the race because nothing else could get through the line it was kind of just a battle of the fittest uh the horse here and i i want to say this is something that i i think is going to be a trend coming up kenny key's runner snip fits run a really good uh third at about 60 to 1 i think this stable's finally starting to put it together again and i would expect to see a few um results going their way they've been pretty unlucky with a few runners recently and yeah i would not be surprised if they start getting a few wins on the board Race five on the card was a walking event. They've gone incredibly slow here. Bandipur, no money whatsoever. C. Williams on board wins. 
Yeah, it was one of those interesting parades where you couldn't be with the horse because it was like it was just playing up. It was playing up all the way to the gates. But old mate Craigie, this is the difference between a Michael D and a Craig Williams. Craig Williams has kept Bandipur from barrier two, mind you, to the inside, saved all the ground, and just the horse was superior on the day. It's just had the seas part for it, had everything go right, but it was just superior. Yeah, they went 8.4 lengths slow to the 600, so it was a crawl, as you said. Um, Malibu style, pretty good on It's run well for third. Um, Jungle Edge got given a horrible ride by Chelsea Hall. Like, how do you go slow on that horse? Just holding it the whole way. Very strange ride indeed. William Thomas has uh, put in some of the sectionals of the day. So the horse got to the wrong ground. Mike has not been suited by the tempo. Michael D's taken it out and around them to where you just didn't want to be for the day. And it still reeled off the best 6-4-2 of the day. So... It just physically could not win from where Michael D's put it in the run. You have to forgive the horse. You, you, if you've backed it and you've taken the $3, A, you, you probably should be kicking yourself because it was a horse that was going to get back and there was every chance that Michael D would take it to the outside. So you've got to kick yourself for that. I'm included in that boat, so I'm kicking myself. Um, but it's a very good horse. It's it's a really good horse on the up, and I think you can trust the next start. There are some decent horses to come out of this race. Race six? Uh, oh, sorry, one, no, one last thing. Uh, no, no, uh, one last thing. Bandipur's up for sale next Friday. Yeah, right, okay. It's just one of these $125,000 rakes. Now, yeah, it'll go up in the handicaps, but what price do you reckon it's going to go for? That's, like, It is funny sometimes sit- how uh, horses can find form if they find themselves in the sales book. Of course, but when you look at Dogmatic, which had the change from Richard Lamming, so to Richard Lamming, and it's found 10 lengths, and now it's won a Saturday-class race when this stable couldn't even get it going, there is a bit of improvement that can be found from them. Yeah, absolutely. That's You just need the right training environment, I guess, and there'll be some astute trainer out there having a look at Bandipur, no doubt. Um, what price would you put on it? Like uh, When you consider yearlings are going from anywhere from 200 to 500, you probably pay 400 for it wouldn't you like it's a relatively uh young horse i think it's a five-year-old so i'm just pulling up what what would you pay i wouldn't because i'm a cheapskate and i prefer to go with the value overall so i wouldn't be paying it's a four-year-old it's a four-year-old uh gelding like you got you know a good five years ahead of you of racing if it's you know and it's a horse that's nearly run six hundred thousand dollars already yeah, I'm not uh, looking for horses like that in my stable at the moment over here in WA. I'm looking to just get some uh, little cheap cheap purchases, you know, tried horses that perhaps don't necessarily have the same exposure or same rating that I can bring through here and go through the grades, if you know what I mean, Druzy. Yeah, that's fair enough. But if we have a look what that uh, ex-Hace horse had been doing over there down the straight, then Bandipur would surely be tailing your blokes up. That's a it's a fair point. Uh, damn, damn ready. I think you're talking about the horse. That is the one. Yes, the, uh, the firm ground. He's mm. been doing very well. Um, yeah, look, it's it's horses for courses, isn't it? It's part of the fun of the game, and I think tried horses is actually one part of the market which isn't necessarily as exposed as say uh, the I guess the went before they get to the track, and we're obviously seeing a lot of pin hooking going on seeing a lot of time and money invested into the breeding side of things. But 
certainly I think the tried horses is perhaps where there's a little bit more of an edge whereby judging what is a horse with upside versus a horse which has peaked and on the way down, it's probably a very subtle thing. Yeah, some of the Lloyd Williams ones could go on and do absolutely nothing. There's a they got one for sale at the moment that won a three thousand meter race in France, which may be an interesting jumping prospect. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Very. So yeah, you can move on to race six now. <laughs> oh well, race six. There's only one thing to say about race six. It's uh, just like that Western Australian form, Drewsy. Oh, Bam's on fire. Um, yes. Undefeated in Victoria so far, the daughter of Universal Ruler. Uh, Named after one of the jocks over here, I believe, Bam Bam Forest. I'm just going with that because it makes sense to me. Um, too good once again. Although, let's face it, when you have a look at the hashtag data of all of Bam's runs, she's obviously improved since going east, but hasn't necessarily set the track on fire. And a lot of these races have been, uh, I guess, moderate to say the least up until this point. But finally, when we have a look at the overall adjusted figures, it has returned with a figure that justifies its promise. Yeah, I mean, it's it's done it the hard way. It was it's jumped well early. It settled in a wide position and just, look, I don't think it was in the best ground. It didn't go too wide, but, yeah, it's just absolutely blousing. They've gone three lengths fast to the 600. Obviously, the speed suited, and it's just really lapped up the ground, which you don't always expect from a um, Western Australian horse. Uh, the favourite propel just didn't turn up. It was horrible. It'll probably go out for a spell. Uh, Pirano, uh, sorry, Piran, Pariano was actually a good run for the Hay Stable from on speed. And Fine is the Power really appreciated the sting out. It's probably just wanting it wet. Now, the follow from the race for me is Voilia. It just did not have the early toe early and wasn't pushed out with Craigie and Yord on board. Horribly held up for runs and then he hasn't pushed out through the line. It's the only one outside of Bam's fire on a follow forward. I think it's going to win a good race. I tried to back it up. Wednesday meeting last week it got scratched from there and it's obviously come here um look it's it's a horse with immense upside still race seven and bigot to yamaja uh yeah you know what can we say it was a pretty reasonably well it was a good ride overall and horse went straight to the front and controlled things and blah 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 one yeah, I wouldn't be as positive on the ride. I thought I was watching Piero going up the, working up the hill early. I mean, they've gone six and a half lengths fast to the 600. I think it's just a damn superior horse. And these are a bunch of average, average, average types it's beaten up on. Now, when you look at the figures overall, what it's done is sensational. It's a group class horse. And by no means am I bagging on the, on the horse, but it's very rare that you can walk through, work four wide up the Flemington, sorry, the Caulfield Hill over the 4,940 metres and still win by five lengths. Like, I think it was the right ride for the right horse, but I wouldn't be saying it was sensational. Like, a lot of people were out there saying. Um, look, <laughs> it is hard to beat up on a jockey when they win by five lengths, Speedy, but... Yeah, I, I just don't see the claims for it. You um, never know. You, if they you, had that supreme confidence and they knew the horse was this capable, I guess you say it is the right ride and it's just a, a ride to suit the horse in that race. But it, it's easy with hindsight. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want to be seeing it getting a no-luck run behind them and I definitely don't want to be see it sitting three wide. So was it right of them to push it forward and to take... The front, yeah, they probably thought the speed wouldn't have been as fast early. 
is what they would say. Uh, yeah, just too good. Dollar seventy was very much value for the horse in the end. It's a group class horse, and we will be seeing it competitive in group class races in the spring. Um, behind that, I think Toosby's actually ready to win. It was a really good hidden run at uh, nearly forty to one. It arguably should have run third, if not second, on the day for mine if it wasn't held up. Alrighty, very good. Uh, in race eight, Patrell was well backed for C. Williams once again. Gate 12, the horse posied up in a forward position, ran uh, overall, look, you know, it was a pretty sort of just standard race, I think, looking at the punting form data. Yeah, it, it didn't map to be a classic, and that's what we kind of got. They've gone nearly three lengths slow to the 600, and they've just come home really poorly. Like, this is six lengths slower than what the class benchmark is normally for this race, so... That tells you they were well below their best, and that's allowed Petrelli, who was three deep the whole trip, to win in what I would say was the lesser ground. Uh, the likes of Casper Village, who was always going to handle the track, who got a decent run through with a low weight, is run on for second. Grey Shadow, who was on speed, had every chance, probably wanted a bit faster. Miss Vixen, same thing from the back. It needed a faster new, new trolley, was wanting that. Smart Coop had Betfair-itis. It massively drifted from like $7 out to like 20s. It got ridden accordingly out the back in the worst grounds. Come home really, really well. And I think it's the follow from the race. Smart Coop, it's going to go back to Flemington hopefully next start and be very hard to beat. That takes us to the last where Jack Dickens had another decent crack for the day. Paco Dali for Tio Nugent. A little bit of a sticky draw, I thought, from seven. Just jumping from, I guess, the middle of the, the pack, but... Look, it was ridden a treat and got into a nice spot, and the horse is obviously too strong going towards the line. Yeah, boom time was slowly away, and when mustered up, um, Lucky King did not want to lead on it, and that meant we went three and a half slow to the 600. It was a very slow pace. Pacadale just had the better spot in run than uh, live and free and was just too good on the day. Look, Bell Bowmain is a sensational type of horse, it is very progressive. It was nowhere near what it needed to be there. It's ready and here for a spring campaign. I would not be shocked to see Belbo Maine in a few months in a Caulfield Cup. Ah, the German, the German. And, um, and I, sorry, I would just say I wouldn't... I can't drop off boom time. Like, it's going to have its last ever run this Saturday. It's going to go around in 101, and it wasn't suited last start. It wasn't suited here. It wasn't suited the previous start. I'm going to have a five run at hundreds on the weekend. I'll put it that way. Boom time. Definitely it's last start this weekend. Uh, so as long as it produces nothing, it's definitely it's last start. If it runs well, they'll keep running it. All right. Well, uh, someone give the pep talk to boom time then before the race and we'll get his reaction live on Dot com, I'm sure, because that's the sort of stuff that we're interested in these days. Uh, Druzy, any horses to really follow from the meeting at Calfoud? Yeah, I think Bobel Main anywhere 2,400 metres in a month's time and beyond. I think it probably won't be winning if it runs in the next two weeks. I think it's still got a lot of fitness to come. Um Nothing from race eight. Oh, sorry, smart coop back to Flemington. Um, big with your mother anywhere. It'll be short. Uh, Voilia, I'm hoping they take back to a midweek. I would definitely be betting up there, but I think it is Saturday grade. Um, 
look, I'm not dropping off William Thomas, but you ain't going to get bigger than $3 for it next start. So it's hard to tip into. Um, outside of that, Racing Paradise will go around double figures next start and may be worth a bet. It's probably one of those funny meetings overall, isn't it? You can't necessarily stamp something as being a horse to follow, but there's probably plenty of horses that weren't suited that you could obviously forgive going to their next start. And there'll probably be one or two that bob up at odds somewhere. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm not sure if it was this meeting or the last meeting, but um, you know, it was this meeting. Race four, box of chocolates. It's a horse that I said was a follow forward horse, right? Because its last start, I think it's run the best final 400, 200 of the meeting at Flemington. Well, it's gone from a good track to a soft track, which wasn't going to be a negative too much, but it's been beaten two lengths by Be Good to Your Mother, and it was unlucky, blocked for runs at at the back and just ran on well. Well, it's found a soft six track, didn't suit. It was in the horrible ground and it just didn't find anything. Like, I didn't back it on the day because I didn't think from what was happening that it was going to be suited at all. So, it's it, as you're saying, it is one of those things where you have to, it's horses for courses and to see that the race it's going to go in is going to suit. Alrighty, Drew, uh, you're off to have a chat with Rob Scurry, and uh, I'll speak to you later in the week for the pregame pod for our 5 for 5 subscribers. Perfect, mate. Go well. Cheers, Drizzy. Now we move up to Sydney to talk from Rob Scurry. How are we doing, mate? Not too bad, Drew. Uh, you know, um, it's cooling down in Sydney. We've got a lot of rain tomorrow, but yeah, uh, just just got over Saturday. Slightly missed opportunity with the units. Um, you know, to find Hush Rider and, and not quite make it pay was was a bit disappointing. But I'm glad some of the team really cashed in there. Yeah, it was a pretty hard day overall at Rose Hill. I think the betting, there was a lot of trends, a lot of horses were well back that didn't get the get the cash, and that started in race one over 1,100 metres where they have absolutely crawled out front. The leader has gone 10 lengths slower than class benchmark, and look, the winner has gone 9.7 lengths uh, slower than class benchmark uh, final 600 metres to get the win in Splintex, and Excellence has run the best eight eight six four two of the meeting. It is recorded eighteen lengths fast final six hundred metres. It's done ten sixty two and twenty one fourteen final two four. Those are insane numbers for a horse on the rise. And I heard there are a few people that are a bit sick on course about the loss. Oh yeah, it was just pretty nasty. You know, the horse was backed all morning, then it drifted. Um, then it, you know, to, to run what it did and, and not get home and the people on Sky couldn't stop talking about it, what a run it was and how good the horse is. And Tommy Berry was saying the same kind of stuff. Um, but you know, it's got beat. Um, my play here was, um, the, the, the two, um, which is they've decided to go back space boy. And, um, you just said how slow they've gone on the punning form data, which just seems a ridiculous idea. Um, you know, Anyway, it's run some decent times. It's run a 10.98, um, three wides on, on a slow speed. But I guess the story is not about what I tipped. It's about exceedance. It's a you know serious horse um, late in the season. And um, from the yard, he, he looks, you know, he's a really good walker. 
um, medium size, um, so not, not like a big strong bugger, but you know, really light on his feet and um, you know, could be one of the better two year olds. Rotator, um, I, this is the one race I had a look at before I got to the track, and I was kind of keen to find Rotator as, as I'd backed him um, earlier in the autumn um, against horses like Microphone, I think maybe Microphone or at least Tenley. You know, it was running against it in those good Phillies races, and it was just a little bit underdone. Uh, in terms of its coat and condition, it's run some really great times. Um, Sunpatch was is also a horse that's meant to have a bit of talent. I think he rated it pretty poorly. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll be looking um, to have another look at him. Um, but, yeah, jury's definitely out on him. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, just uh, I'd mentioned just in terms of a horse like Space Boy. They've gone 12 went slower than what Space Boy recorded the previous start in the Kenzo Maiden, where it's run really well behind Splint X uh, for second in that on that day. And it recorded some pretty good times overall. It's, you know, ended up being six lengths slower than that, seven lengths slower than that race overall. And this horse just wasn't really suited. It can only go so fast. It's obviously a tougher type of two-year-old and just needs more speed on. So I wouldn't be dropping off it if you like it from the yard and you like it as a type. Yeah, I definitely do like it as a type. It, it, it seems ridiculous that they've, they've pulled it back on this slope speed and they've, they've pulled it back. And I think it was racing three wide. I haven't, sorry, punters, I haven't actually watched the replay of this. I found it, at, you know. Um, I didn't do it to myself. I just no, saved, yeah. yeah, saved it all for the Drakenfels in the last, which is a horrible watch. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, Rotator can 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 do something. But um, I was expecting it to be a bit bigger, uh, grown a bit or something. Um, because it's, it's second prep now. Um, and Sunpatch, yeah. So I think we had Rari in the numbers as well, which is which is run home all right. You know, back to a Wednesday grade that could definitely be winning a race this time of year. Cool. On to race two, the highway. Uh, they have gone 9.5 lengths fast in the class benchmark to the 600 with a revolver out front. And old mate Maddie, Maddie Dunn, who's normally got him winning these, especially at those short odds, it, our echo has run dead last, and the winner has been Zardoro. Uh, this is just a bit torture for me. Um, you know, I, I'm not usually one to, to jump into um, shorties. Um but I guess uh, you know our ratings and Manny Dunn um, just and the horse had like a lot of good condition on it despite it being you know three or four runs into a prep. So I was just expecting it to win um, as Manny Dunn always seems to win these races. We had Zadoro in the numbers, uh, third in the numbers, and um, yeah, to lose on the race it was gutting. I don't think there's too much to talk about. Something must have happened to our Echo. I, I can't understand its run. You know, 12 lengths last. It just doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. Cool. On to race three, 1,200 metres, BM74. England for the Chris Waller yard from Call Me Royal from the Wardhouse Bot yard with the first two home. Um, this is a pretty spirited betting race, this one, and they have gone one and a half lengths fast to the 600 in the race. Right. Um, look, I, I think that this is, these are strugglers, definitely winner, winner uh, three-year-olds. Um, you know, England, I couldn't find it in my numbers. Um, call me Royal, um, you know, professional little bugger um, who, who's, who keeps running really, really well. Burning Crown's got a bit more substance. It's, it's a bigger horse. Um, could do a few things uh, right in the yard. Um, Lundberg looked like it came back really, really well. Um, I had that second in the numbers. I heard a whisper, though, 
shout out to Gord on the rant that uh, the horse hadn't trialed well. And um, so I was just a bit hesitant to launch into it. And um, yeah, glad I left it alone because uh, it, it's, I don't know what to make of it. It was a, a horse with a lot of potential and, and that should have been running better than it did first up with its, you know, one out, one back position in the run. Um, I found Exceltic again here, who just keeps running well, parading well, just just needs to to, to get a breaks in the race and, and could be winning this sort of race or, or something even a bit easier at shorter odds. Cool. On to race four, BM88 over the 1,200 metres. Um, they have gone 1.7 lengths slow to the 600 here. Passage of time has got a dream one behind and just got there on the line for us. Yeah, um, look, I, I, I kind of thought Oxford Tycoon, uh, we were on that first up when it ran a good race third. Um, poet, poetic Charmer, I'm, ne- I'm never going to find it in the yard. Just, just you know, I love the Snowden stable, but um, yeah, this, this is a bit like Wheelam and Ruby. It's just not my style of horse. Um, and Passive of Time continues to parade, you know, really well. Big, strong bower. I thought the coat of Oxford Tycoon, I said this in the text, I thought it looked, he looked a bit, you know, a bit fresher first up. And um, I thought he, he had you know, every every right to win and for passage of time to run him down. Uh, I think that might be a bit, bit of a, a, a black mark against him. I, I thought he had his chance. Nico Noonan was spewing. Um, he, he, <laughs> he, 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 um, he backed him. But, um, yeah, I, I, um, I thought I thought passage of time deserved to win. Great ride from Collett, that one. Yeah, especially at the weights, had every chance. So let's move on to yeah, race number yeah, five. Sorry. 1400 meters bm78 and yeah real rudy ruby's uh got just a sensational run throughout they've gone 2.9 lengths slow to the 600 come home really fast real mim rudy's got the win from bangkok and sweet ava look um i think we had sweet ava out on top um bangkok was in the numbers as was nikki's gold um they've all run really really well um Yes, this is a bit of torture for me because I um, Bangkok uh, did jump brilliantly, and I was uh, in the stands and um, utilising my uh, Betfair applications and managed to have a bit of a bit of a pop on him for a big result. But um, yeah, no one wanted to take my action down the straight. They all seemed to know that Realm and Ruby was going to get past it, and it did. Um, yeah, Nikki's Gold can run well. She's a nice style of horse. Probably appreciate a softer track. Um, Sweet Ava, back to a Wednesday maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, Real and Ruby, surely she's got to go out. I don't think there's much else in the race here, mate. See, that's a good, just a, in terms of in play, that's a good learning experience there. You, you're very rarely going to get your cash out on Bangkok in that situation unless Flindell's kind of had a bet at it because he won't be calling it, you know, streaming away from them. He'll be more focused on that favourite who's making up ground and, it, it really does hurt you um, in play. That's just a little, you know, if you're watching at home and you're thinking, oh, yeah, this thing could could uh, trade short and get some cash out. But in reality, you very rarely get those value chances trading in short. Yeah. Yeah. Look, so sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's a weird beast, the old in play. You know, I know, yeah. I know you're, you're, your brother's well into it. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I think it was, it was something like, you know, it was four dollars to back and like, you know, twenty dollars to lay. You know, at at the two hundred meter at the two hundred meter mark. You know, so um, yeah, that's was, wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was just ridiculous amount of um, lack of liquidity. Um, and Ruby, I guess, just was 
it just it, it look it did it did idle it did look like it idled up to them from the one out one back position and really had the race in its keeping. Um, Bangkok paraded really really well, um, kind of sharp. Um, Nikki's goal's got improving to come, but I think we've discussed that. We move on, mate. Cool race six, thirteen hundred meters, the BM seventy eight. Uh, they've gone two and a half lengths fast to the 600 and haven't really... Rec- they've just called, recorded a benchmark time overall. So Kapajak's got the win from Nikachet and Echojet. Yeah, look, um, a bit bit dirty. Um, that I think, you know, Kapajak, um, obviously I saw it first up. Um, I thought he was well underdone. I had him second in the numbers here, um, and I thought he, he'd improved a lot. I was just a little bit worried about, you know, going back from a wide gate, but really, there's just nothing really in the race. We've got Red Current starting $9. He was one of my, you know, one of my horses, but I never saw him as anything other than a Wednesday horse, really, or a wet tracker, you know, sneaky wet tracker on a Saturday. Um, what else is in the market? Echo Jet. Um, looked okay. Um, arraignment's got plenty of improvement to come. You know, it's 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 150 to one, and it's got beaten five lengths, 4.8 um, on the punting form data. Um, but yeah, Kappa Jack, good horse. You know, can can win again. Um, you know, just just a good rule there. You know, a decent three-year-old, lightly raced three-year-old this time of, this time of year gets its chance. Um, you know, running against these older horses. Perfect. Let's move on to race seven, 2,400 metres listed race, and they have gone 5.7 lengths fast to the 600 here and set it up for the best stayer, and that has been Hush Rider, who has held out High Bridge, who, let me just pull up the sectionals for this, because it was probably a standout on the punting form data. High Bridge has run the, uh, let me get the exact number, sorry, one moment. Sectional time. Highbridge has run the 15th best final 200 of the meet over 2,400 metres when there's been a really slowly run 1,100 metre race and lots of 14, 12 and 1,500 metre races. So it was a a really good run from a progressive type. Oh, look, we are on at the start before at a huge price, um, Highbridge. And um, when it, oh, as you know, um, I sent a, a tip for Girl Tuesday and Hush Rider, and I didn't have a bean on Highbridge. So when that kind of loomed up at the 100, I kind of almost shat my pants. Um, you know, it was a scary, scary couple of seconds. But Hush Rider, you know, Japanese bloodlines kicking in and, you know, off a low weight. I think we all missed a bit of a trick here. Uh, Bernardo, uh, just sneaky Pete, um, he he misread the... Uh, the units, mate. He thought I said 2.5 units on Hush Rider, not 0.25. Geez, so Sneaky Pete's had an absolute fill-up. He has, mate. Yeah, he yeah he came through on the on our group chat with lots of capital letters and exclamation marks after the race. He was pretty excited. Um, you know, Girl Tuesday. I said it in the text. Like she she actually finally relaxed and walked, and I just thought she might have enough. You know, that might just be enough to get her over the line. Just very you know, one variable yard thought for me there. And you know, I think she's Hush- run pretty well, all things considered, Girl Tuesday. They've she's run one and a half lengths 
better than what's needed to normally win this class benchmark-wise on the puntingform.com.au data and just ran into, you know, some really good types because the first, second and third have been separated by half a length and then there's five lengths to the rest of them in a 14-horse field. Yep. And, you know, one of those guys is, is old mate Destiny's Kiss who I still think has got a race in him uh, if he gets a soft track. Um yeah, mate. Yeah, they're pretty. You know, I think we say Highbridge is genuinely twenty four hundred meter horse. Horse, and other than Destiny's Kiss, there's no other twenty four hundred meter horse in the race, really. Or if yeah, there is, they're, they're, they're not. not they're, they're not that good. Um, Hush Rider, um, just magnificent performance from the old gay bot. You know, the horse did look. I think I said on the text forward. Um, it looked relaxed. It's just a medium sized. Nothing that special to look at, but um, yeah, ready to go and um, you know, good win, solid, solidly run race. It was a good race to watch, I thought. Even better when we're collecting. So let's move on to race number eight, fifteen hundred meters, BM eighty-eight. They have run out front, not overly fast. They've actually gone three lengths below the class benchmark to the six hundred. And Asterius was backed like unbeatable before the jump. It was 440 into about 370 on Betfair. They came out of the clouds the final two minutes, and it won like an absolute moral. Yeah, mate. Um, I, I heard you uh, didn't quite get the right price. This has been your Sydney Grey for a while, and um, I, I've, I've still lost money on it overall, like all time. It's, yeah, it's still uh, a loser in my book. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, that's that's what I was getting to. I'm sure he didn't quite get enough out of it. To, um, but I think I had a third in the numbers, and I said, uh, you know, still improvement to come, which is what I often say about all the horses that I like the look of. Um, so can we definitely win again? We were on Gresham, who who just behaved himself much better in the mounting yard, second up. So not a bad bet. Um, Dagny was the other small play, who's, who's run home really, really well, um, going really good. Um, not sure what to make of Roman Sun. He was a horse that I thought might be something. Uh, Hogman seems to be, you know, running really well. Might pick up a midweeker with a with a big weight, you know, Canterbury or something. Fifteen fifty Hogman possibly. Um, you know, Strom's run run pretty good, but yeah, Asterius looked a class above here. Um, can win again. Cool. And on to the last race nine, eleven hundred meters, BM seventy eight. They have gone one point three lengths slow to the 600 and this has been a race where Kathy's led him around on spiritual pursuit had every chance possible and just been run down late by Wagner who has promised a lot and failed to deliver until today okay well look I'm, I'm going to disagree with you slightly with um Kathy I, I thought the horse I thought she should have won she, she just pressed on a little bit harder um what's what's the data say because yeah. She jumped half a length in front, and I don't think she's really, you know, if it was Hippo, that, that thing is home. Rob, Rob, I'm staring you off here. <laughs> yeah, oh. I, I lost on this race. I had spiritual pursuit because I thought it was an absolute data moral. She sat three wide. She had every chance to cross over, and she's, she's cost it two lengths. It's lost by half a length, and if she crosses and holds the rail, she wins by a length and a half. I don't know. Well, it's I'm painful to watch. Just as painful as uh, old mate Drakenfels. Yeah, yeah. Drakenfels is because uh, yeah, that's been one of my horses. And I've never got it to pay for me. You know, it always look, looks well, and it's that kind of horse to get back and finds trouble. But um, it mapped really well. 
um, you know, with those three horses on the speed there, setting up for it, and um, you know, swap the run with the winner Wagner. I think I think it, it wins. Um, so that was a, that was a bit bit of a sour taste, but you know, old Dicko saved the day with Pacadali in the last. So yeah, end of the day, all right. Saved, <laughs> saved a few people's days. Uh, look, in terms of Drakenfels, I wouldn't be putting it down as if it would have simply won. I think it would have gone close, and that's what you have to say is it yeah. it presented, it would have run a really good time because the winner's gone two lengths faster than the class benchmark to win this. Mm. Um, you have to put down that, say, it would have been in the finish and it will be very well suited in this grade next start or even up in class slightly. I have to agree, mate. And it, 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 as my old man used to say, it looks like a number one. It's it was it's the number one saddlecloth because it's like the highest rated horse in the race. Um, and uh, yeah, he looks like it. And um, you know, I'm so glad I, I didn't have a, a launch, you know, one by three on it or something. And that would have really, really, really stung. But um, you know, for all those punters who who, who are on Kath here, shame on you for taking two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, yeah. trust, I was I was kicking myself after I'm like I, I fucking I, I deserve that like I absolutely deserve that but the only time I'll ever take Kath is on a front runner yeah. and it didn't lead so oh, uh, I did I did say in the text mate just a horse playing up you know you got what you deserved <laughs> I backed real in Ruby as well though so it, it, it evened up on that oh yeah fair enough all right fair enough all right well um we've got a heap of rain coming tomorrow um so it's likely. Ramwick's going to be heavy um, by a heap of rain. I'm, I'm meaning, you know, 50, 50 mils um, over these tails too. Uh, so, yeah, um, it's already a horse I'm a little bit excited about. I just When I saw the rain um, coming, I thought of this horse. And uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. I do. Well, I'm looking at the weather. Um, I wouldn't want to be going to work tomorrow if you're in Sydney because – there is 35 to 60 millimetres of rain, up to 80 kilometre winds around. So that's absolutely screwed up. And then 15 mils on Wednesday as well. Jeez. Yeah, mate. Well, I, I think that I think that's fair enough. It's, I shouldn't have to go in to work tomorrow. I might have to stay home with the missus and work from home with, you know. Nice little sick day. Fair enough. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's 80 kilometre winds tomorrow. Okay. All right, mate. Well, um, I'll be back at it for, for, for Saturday and um, look forward to getting out there again. I'm, I think I'm, I'm finally over this Rose Hill meeting and, um, you know, look, 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 looking forward to another, another, another chance at the great game. Exactly. June Stakes Day, so it's going to be a pretty good card. Looking forward to it, mate, and go well. Thanks. Thanks, Drew. Have a good one. Cheers, mate.